Hey, we got a black American cardinal. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak House Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode or two of 13 Reasons Why, season two, episode three and four. We're going to start with episode three entitled The Drunk Slut, written by Marissa Jo Sarar and directed by Karen Moncrief. I gave this rating a 9.3 out of 10. I'm liking the pace of the season already 20 times better than the first. We are checking in with multiple characters. We're getting multiple perspectives and we aren't just revolving around one person's point of view. We are starting to see that there are layers behind what was going on in these tapes. And I, for one, have been wanting to see more of this. We do begin the episode with Clay. Um, I'm going to go through his storyline first. I'm not going to do scene by scene. I am going to mostly just cover the huge plot points with certain particular characters. We'll start with Clay who comes home at 5 a.m. and spills all his drama about what just happened with Skye, her almost, well not killing herself, she just cut too deep, I guess, and he's at the hospital. I can't believe he actually called Skye Hannah's name. That was fucked up. Then as he's driving, or not driving, riding his bike home, he is driven off the road and tells his parents, I need a fucking car. No! Hell no! Clay is going through a lot, but he don't need to be talking to his parents like that, and I'm surprised that they didn't run back in that house after him and start whooping on his ass. Because that's what I would have done. Okay, maybe not whipping on his ass, but we about to get in this car and we about to go get you some help. You gonna talk to someone? You don't wanna talk to me? Fine. You not about to just roll in here telling me about what I need to do after you just disappeared you couldn't send a text you could not inform me the whole time you were waiting what was going on y'all need to take this boy out to get some therapy i don't need to help you you need to help yourself and i need to do what i clearly cannot do is get through to your ass but i know you sure as hell ain't gonna be rolling up in my crib talking all that mess he brings flowers the next day to sky she breaks up with him because she doesn't understand why she cuts herself but clearly she needs some help he's got his own shit he needs to figure out he says i'm not gonna just disappear on you and she's like you already do you be calling out hannah's (laughs) name like she's haunting you and i can tell and i've been known and clay should have taken the advice of I don't know the person who would probably have a lot more knowledge about the situation than his ass he then accompanies alex and tony to jessica's testimony at the trial and learns that hannah was not only jealous which ended her friendship with alex because apparently they all had this i don't i don't i've never done this with my friends so i guess where all of them are at jessica's house and they have a kissing game they all kiss each other but it seems as if alex and jessica like kissing each other a lot more 
we had half of the scene we get the other part where she had asked alex to stay back a little bit longer she's trying to keep her relationship secret because deep down she knows that hannah liked alex but hannah you didn't shoot your fucking shot that you cannot i hate that idea i need to tiptoe around your feelings because they got hurt look i'm not trying to be rude about it but at the same time i still have to live my life i can understand if y'all had a bad relationship like i would say she had more to do with justin (laughs) than with alex if you thought you was gonna and then you got mad at him talking about well you're gonna have sex with her now like wait a minute (laughs) oh we tell each other everything they ain't got nothing yes alex was being rude for going back saying she's obsessed and we shouldn't hang out with her anymore but at the same time hannah was doing too much as well like girl because he's like wait what that's none of your business well we were best friends yeah best friends does not mean i tell you when my period is coming i don't tell you everything i don't say when i'm shitting and i need to call you some things even your best friends like no your best friends with both of them so you shouldn't have been asking the question other than to make them feel uncomfortable and to and you were you were more way more angry at alex than you were at jessica and i guess because alex didn't like you back but you never told alex that you liked him so i'm very confuddled about this whole situation but everyone acted just like teenagers (laughs) and i'm not about to sit here and pretend this petty ass game shit is anything like nearly close to the significant sexual harassment and assault she was facing and even stalking and i feel as if they gave tyler an easy pass because he's a troubled kid he was filming everyone inappropriately Clay then yells at Hannah's hallucination that he knows so much less about her. He doesn't know everything. She's like, yeah, I like in the second episode where she goes, you know, there's two sides to every story. And yeah, you knew me, but you didn't know everything about me. And he has missed Sky's call. He, why, why is he yelling at... <laughs> hannah in public and no one is saying anything about this i needed to at least have someone pan around like this boy sounds crazy she has sky that has been moved to another facility and i like that nurse doling out advice i just want to ask peers maybe grab a pencil take some notes i'm about to drop knowledge like dude you ain't the only boyfriend it's not about you it's about her give her space and then he decided to call her 50 million times during the episode and that was annoying me because if you did really love her it's about you clay it's not about her she clearly needs way more than what you can offer and you you're going through you're hallucinating bruh you need someone to hold your hand it's what you need at this moment which makes me feel that clay is being selfish apparently since he went to bryce's to buy drugs his mom could not prosecute bryce for making him shit blood because the beating was that damn bad hannah's ghost encourages him to not give up to seek justice for her clay then goes to jessica's house to once again try to get her to speak out against bryce but she makes it clear it's her word against his that she did go down to the police station 
and report the rape but she said she didn't know who it was and she points out bryce walker is not only white privileged he's rich privileged and i'm a black girl and let's not pretend that's not a factor in this and i'm glad that they gently touched on race in this episode and how it is perceived in a predominantly white community he notices her postcard that she looked directly at when he's like you heard from justin no let me stare at postcard like girl and if i and he finds out that justin is in oakland so that's the next target he is going to go after to try to help the bakers and i understand they're helping the bakers but clay is not he keeps trying to help hannah and he doesn't and he loses perspective of jessica even though he understands and he thinks it's for her too but at the same time she's the one that has to go through it hannah's dead (laughs) and that is a real thing that he needs to forget about and they are two separate things even though they're by the same perpetrator it's not just about hannah baker's story it's about every woman that has been molested story then we have him meeting up with tony because he needs his brown friend help navigating the streets of oakland and then he's like am i racist (laughs) that was precious precious he was like i i I wasn't trying to be racist was that racist am i racist it's like don't go down the clay hole it's fine i get what you're trying to ask me tony is on fucking edge and we'll get to him in a minute apparently the two have not been as close in the last few months but they do uh, team up to track justin down they go to various homeless shelters they talk to one chick who leads them to a squatter zone where clay is horrified that people actually live life on skid row then they well clay says we need to offer some incentive to give information and he never has money on him you're fucking a white male you're a white man i was loling at that because tony's like i drove like dude do you have anything to contribute how did you not bring money why do you not think that's important that is such a caucasian thing tony gets in a tussle with one of the skater punk kids that call him tiny and he's like i'll show you fucking tiny and whoops his ass and gets the information he needs about his friend's coat and takes it back from him clay is shooketh like where did that come from oh my god bruh he is from the hood damn you was so square well you didn't think he know how to defend himself you saw his brothers i'm gonna need you to (laughs) come out of that little um cloud that you live on they find justin foley on the street with a cup and he runs when he sees clay and i wasn't sure why he ran but he had tony with him so i guess they get chased down an alley by a man who says i'm calling the police because i don't like junkies around here that was our first indication and he lies clay that is that jessica wants him back wants him to testify and when the popo show up tony's like y'all you get in this fucking car i'm out i'm on probation i don't know how many times i need to tell y'all this (laughs) then as they are at a gas station and justin's like yeah sky's really fucked up it's probably better that she's somewhere else plays like shut the fuck up but he needs a shower a meal and apparently somewhere to stay because he cannot go home 
So Clay decides to hide him in his room. But before we get this reveal, his parents have brought him a car. Kiss my entire ass. He yelled at his parents to buy him a fucking car and they bought him a fucking car. Are y'all out of y'all fucking minds? Are you hearing He promises no more secrets and has one right upstairs. And Justin's also doing heroin. I love the end song, Promise Not to Fall. I was like, oh, I gotta go download that. Let's check in with Jessica. I said, I was saying Justin and Jessica at the same time. <laughs> she has to testify about the hot or not list for the defense. Or is it the prosecution? Prosecution. And she talks about the how she's unsure if men have it a certain way, but girls definitely have it away at school. Uh I will always go back and forth on these things because half of this shit, maybe if y'all stopped fucking partying in high school, you wouldn't have to worry about if he was called drunken slut. <laughs> I'm not trying to shame people, but these are not college kids. These are minors. So what they're doing is illegal. So yes, someone needs to be held accountable for this, including themselves. I'm not saying she should have photos of herself which i didn't even think were really bad photos it's just her dancing with her boyfriend being called are you gonna believe a drunk slut posted all around and everyone's taking photos and then this this school sometimes or the show tries to make things believable when they're inconceivable there's no way in fuck that there is no teacher in that classroom no not with all them students in there no <laughs> it's close to the bell there, a teacher would be around it feels like sometimes mr porter is the only person walking these halls or even teaching anywhere and i'm really annoyed by this constant portrayal of school in this way and again i'm not trying to say i know anything about suburban schools but at the same time if they got them in the post schools you best believe there are hall monitors man that's what they do there are teachers in the classroom they don't just leave their classroom uh blank to allow this crappy shit to happen it wouldn't and i'm not of the opinion either that no one in 40 kids in a classroom be like you know what this is fucked up i'm about to go tell it's not y'all trying to make me believe a certain thing because you're trying to tell the narrative but you're also shysting real life to fit that narrative and that's just not acceptable to me so i always don't take those to heart as much as i guess i should or they're trying to make me feel because quite frankly it would not be plausible and so i think they put up the photos that there wouldn't have been any accountability in that classroom immediately like jessica would not have walked from the hallway all the way into this room where all these kids are going Ooh, with their phones and saw those photos they would have been taken down way before then so when she goes to court the prosecution basically points out the fact that hannah was just jealous which she was and that alex did what he did out of revenge and he tells her it's okay to say that alex did it i don't know 
I'm not feeling this hot or not list as something that is a significant factor in bullying. So I just can't get on this side. So I rather, while I was not happy that the prosecution in the next episode got a win with Marcus, I thought they made a good enough point in this case that this hot or not list was just silly stupid not to be taken seriously yeah i'm sure a few people did but it's it's childish idiocy at its height and while she can go around people call her big butt again if i'm being harassed i'm not just keeping my mouth shut and it doesn't seem as if and that's where we got to talk about in the next episode hannah wasn't no fucking uh weeping lily she could speak up and she can get revenge when she wants to and she can yell at people so why is it when it came to actually talking about the things that were happening to her she could not open her mouth that's the part that you guys are not making very clear in your writing because you're trying to navigate or spur this other story arc fine but it's not true to who the character is you're missing your message when you keep trying to go back and forth on who exactly hannah baker was and maybe that is the point and that it'll be a plot or a a factor in later episodes because i just don't see why this hot or not list is someone called my ass big i'm like call my ass big one more time go ahead do it see if i don't have you up in the fucking principal's office think i won't i don't i don't know i just felt like she the way she handled marcus she was that type of girl but all of a sudden when she's walking down the hallway she's not anyhow um both alex and jessica get threatening items like alex is told to finish the job and then another kid like points a gun at him it really fucked up things again where's the lunch ladies where's the people in the lunch room that would have seen this most schools have fucking cameras nowadays and this is in 2000 and what uh 2010 i want to say i'm not sure i know it wasn't that long ago where y'all still trying to act like that's not what happens in school but whatever they're both being threatened they wonder who it is i think it is monty i don't know why they didn't think monty because alex actually said uh zach and i'm like zach may be weird and doing some stuff that i don't understand but he ain't crazy like that monty's fucking crazy like that and he's already been suspended he's doing steroids He's the only one, and Bryce is too much of a fucking chicken. I, I don't even think he knows what's going on because he is just like uh, someone who is a rapist or coward. They, I mean, he rapes women that are unconscious. Jesus. They can't do I bet you if somebody got up and beat the shit out of him, he would like, give him one woman that ain't having it. He ain't had that experience yet. Bryce's weird girlfriend Chloe continues to befriend Jessica and invites her to a party at Bryce's and even in the next episode like oh I'm gonna hook you up with someone girl even if you did not believe the stories back the fuck up off me I understand you're on the cheerleading team and that's a thing but 
I yeah I don't know why she feels the need to be Jessica's best friend unless Bryce is pushing her in that direction her parents Jessica's argue over what's best for her because they put her in a group they ask maybe you should talk to other victims and she doesn't want to do that she kind of just wants to be you know she wants to put it behind her but she can't put it behind her she needs to confront it but she can't refront confront it so she's spacing out and of course the parents are worried because her being harassed at school she brought that up in court she didn't tell them that and they think maybe unrolling her from the school that she's being harassed at is a good idea and she hasn't even told them that the man that raped her is is at that school acknowledging her every day walking past her she did report it to the police i think i i stated that um i think that's enough for jessica in this particular episode some other plot points oh yeah the one part where she goes into the bathroom and she apologizes to miss baker and then miss baker pushing her saying oh we should be caring about you but she's doing this for completely selfish reasons and i saw it and i don't care what her fake like i get she probably somewhere in her soul genuinely cares about what happened to jessica but at the same time she wants her to come forward because then that means her daughter can be avenged or get justice for and i'm not saying that's not a wrong thing but you're also talking to a rape victim and that's not your role to play and that guilt upon what you're putting on her is awful just awful as a parent i just cannot condone it even understanding why she may want to do it miss baker also talks to the media after that loss and court to her friend jackie's advice which i don't think jackie is someone that like she's clearly there to make a martyr out of another story that relates to her story and it's just a whole movement and i understand but it's also one that requires that these white women take no responsibility whatsoever for their own role in their child's demise and i find that appalling ryan green courtney to the gay club i thought was super cute he's like look um at least you're out you've got friends you've got support and that's the thing that i never understood about i understood i can't say what it's like to come out but i always felt that courtney had a support network unlike so many people that fear coming out because they don't have that or they're scared of what people would say about them and i don't know (laughs) always felt courtney went way more cutthroat than she ever needed to be let's talk about cyrus and tyler's friendship he's got a sister named Mackenzie that tyler has eyes for and she has eyes for him tyler is still being harassed at school just by the jocks throwing his books down and you have his group that is friends with cyrus deciding to be part of you know he's found his crew right but i don't know if cyrus is bad for tyler or tyler's bad for cyrus because we have a moment in which we meet his dad and i like what his dad said well i love the fact that we are getting these different opinions like oh yeah i went through that too i was pushed around but hey you get through it and you push back but you don't do it in a way 
that's militant the way tyler is starting to believe and even cyrus is on the prank side like hey i think we should do something to get back at them but not um (laughs) still militant in the way that tyler is we saw them uh, doing something with a detonation and of course that was scary and they made Mackenzie leave regarding it but turns out the next episode it was not as lethal as I was thinking but that my first question who lets anyone in a school with a black ass duffel bag come on now come on Columbine was unfortunately way before this series so I am I'm very confuddled again you're trying to perpetrate something that does not quite fit with reality which is fine it's fine if the show would stop trying to take itself seriously in that respect and I guess maybe that's why I'm a little confuddled and maybe I shouldn't be maybe I need to get out of my own brain because like I said first season they need to kind of move away from trying to make this a non-fiction thing and turn it straight into fiction and if i have to uh if that means that there are other parts that don't line up with reality then i should just write it off as fiction and move on i will work on it (laughs) marcus and his dad they have the black talk because he's about to pray he's running for congress marcus is worried because he's got to testify next and he says you know it's not the rules don't apply for us in the same type of ways look out for yourself first he's also been accepted to harvard i thought it was really fucked up that they set his father's poster on fire because it kind of gave me kkk feelings of setting a burning cross and i think that whoever did it was definitely trying to strike that particular nerve and that is how we ended the last episode before we jumped into episode four the second polaroid i like this one a lot less i gave it a 7.9 out of 10 it was directed once again by karen moncrief and written by Haley tyler we'll start with marcus he gets on the stand and basically lies saying that hannah asked him to hook her up with bryce after he is questioned about why hannah tossed him out of the booth flashback it turns out this valentine's day dance was a bro conversation and everyone's teasing him about the fact that he's kind of a virgin hasn't been with a lot of girls they see hannah baker zach looks like he's really into her and i guess i'm just totally wrong about alex as well and his sexuality even though i'm not going to let it go until the show ends but whatever (laughs) um but there's a a bet made where bryce says i bet you can't even get your hands in it and so this is marcus once again doing something just to fit in with the cool kids and even courtney calls him out on it like you ain't got to be friends with bryce and he's like no unfortunately to get ahead i have to be friends with bryce even though i'm smarter even though we're not the same person and of course when you try to roll with those crowds you get caught up doing stupid shit they do and to try to win this bet with his teammates looking on he puts his hand in her crotch and sexually assaults her then he twists the whole entire story to say that she 
he had just touched her hand. He was hurt and confused, so he just left. And then comes back to school thinking he's super Captain America. Fuck you! Fuck you! And you! It's from Tyler that Clay hears that Marcus lied on the stand. And when Bryce is like, what the fuck, why did you bring up my name? Because Marcus's dad said, basically, if he comes between you, yourself and other people, put yourself first. But that's the wrong advice because he should have thrown Bryce under a bus, not join his team. Because when he goes down, I am hoping Marcus goes down with him. Because he says, I gave you the perfect out. Because once they bring up Hannah Baker's name once again, it's going to seem like she was totally into you. So he is fully aware of the fact that this man or boy has raped two women and he is now making a case for him to be exonerated and it's absolutely foul tyler and cyrus prank him with a paint bomb and write hypocrite on his car he then goes to mr porter who tells him sounds like karma is a bitch and dismisses his comeuppance because he's like oh what would your father say if he heard them tapes what would your wife say oh you think you funny i already told her next question please i'm an adult you're a fucking kid and you got way more to lose than i do you dumbass because i bet you if your father heard them tapes he got something to say about that but a twist to the story apparently it seems as if hannah got her own revenge on marcus she actually cornered him put her hand on his crotch made him feel uncomfortable cursed him out for what he did and the incident was I would say pretty much handled between the two despite the fact that it was sexual assault and I'm like okay go Hannah for getting yours but at the same time I wish you would have taken all that initiative <laughs> and um I don't know use that for telling on him let's go to Mr. and Mrs. Baker I really wish I can like this woman but apparently her husband did leave her for another woman and they got divorced she got the store he says I saw you on TV your words were brave however they're inflammatory and we will lose everything if we lose this case she's like well I will pay you triple out I'm gonna buy you out when we win and he's not of the impression that they're gonna win he didn't want this he wanted them to settle I think the dad knows something I don't know why I feel that way but he has had a moment to say like because she was like I, everyone can't get over it like you can get over it and he's like I'm not saying I got over it I think that he's just because he was gun ho last time so what was it that made him decide this is not what he wanted to do and he really wants to warn her for don't let Jackie steer you because if you do let this woman stay she's like well she was there for me the whole time but at the same time she, you don't know her agenda and once you put a spotlight on someone everything comes out and you need to realize your child was not an angel and your ass is about to get dragged along I mean if that's what happens then let it be and I think that's what he's trying to warn her about. Like, we we was not perfect. You may think that you're blameless in this. And Jackie can tell you that all day long. 
but when the facts come out they're gonna be i would be the first one asking them basic ass questions why did you let your child come home at midnight drunk (laughs) i cannot imagine a world in which my daughter uh i'm sleeping my daughter is not in my house tucked in the house in, in her bed just know if i know and you know she ain't home you know she ain't home so i i don't know what she's thinking she continues to harass tony as well about getting jessica to come forward despite everyone including jess not wanting her well i should say jess doesn't want to come forward and he keeps telling everyone including clay to respect her decision but then he entertains the idea with her and he is very stressed out about testifying and mentions his probation and he's like well maybe i can find justin he already knows where justin is but he's trying to keep himself out of it and she keeps tugging pulling him back in and that's why i feel she's missing the point of to her dennis her attorney has told her tony tells her in the shop like you're making you're trying to make one case the other case one is a criminal case that unfortunately you know can't be prosecuted so you're trying to get that case moved to this school case but they're two separate incidences it didn't happen at the school it happened at bryce's house anyone with common sense can understand this but she doesn't seem to care she wants bryce's name put up she wants it because i think and this is why i hate it because this is some type type of caudacity thinking is well i can make the school responsible for something that they didn't do because i don't have a strong enough case for being making the school responsible but if anyone heard that there was a molestation of course the jury is going to uh award me the school money i mean it is literally that simple to put it together how this correlates and i feel as if her wanting to keep pushing it is for that agenda and not exactly what dennis himself her own attorney is saying is the school unfortunately are they responsible for a certain bullying type of behavior that case has never been proven to me and it won't now the criminal actions yes but just because you don't have a criminal case does not mean you can harass someone else to try to bring a criminal case into a civil one i feel like she's just transparently trash and she don't take no ownership and i don't like it jessica and alex skip school after jessica hears from clay that justin is back in town they do share some nice conversations about how they weren't really good people before like they made mistakes but so did hannah so i need them to stop beating themselves up for the rest of their lives for it they then share a kiss but it goes awry when she gets uncomfortable and then she kind of reveals the real reason for her skipping school and everything is that it has to do with justin's presence back in her life even though she keeps saying i don't want to see him i don't want anything to do with him however i believe alex in this case unknowingly became her scapegoat and she's not mentally in the right place either so i really can't wholly blame her she's clearly spiraling she even told him as much like i don't feel like i'm in my body i don't even feel like i'm in my head it just moves back and forth she's clearly mentally not okay but neither is alex and that's why hormones and mental health don't go great sherry shows up out of nowhere and spends the day helping jessica not jessica justin detox in clay's room 
Clay is all upset about it at first. And I think his grudge against her is a little absurd. I understand Atkins was your friend, but... And apparently she spent five months where? In a juvie detention? I'm not sure. And that's not how it works. And <laughs> I'm not going to go ahead and beat that dead horse once again. Bryce and Chloe are super weird. She is too much. Uh, I, I, I don't care about neither one of them. But he did get really scared when his mama was downstairs. Like, well, if you need to talk to someone, you could talk to, you know, a doctor or Mr. Porter. Mr. Porter. <laughs> He know Mr. Porter will put hands. I'm watching you, motherfucker. Gary does approach Mr. Porter and tells him like, all of your programs are great and whatever, but can we not make house calls? And he's like, um, sure. I'm not going to adhere to that whatsoever. Mr. Porter also had some moments last episode that I may have forgotten to mention about when he was interviewing for other jobs and it seems as if he is aware of the fact that my time here is limited (laughs) i know that i've taken a long good look in the mirror i know who i am i acknowledge i did i could have done better but that's what i'm gonna do as long as i'm at this fucking school and the one thing that will not happen is jessica being harassed because when he saw that note he was not happy and then what's up with that weird chick who keeps coming up to jessica saying are you all right i didn't catch her name but she even says like who are you fuck off <laughs> um clay gets another polaroid clearly showing bryce raping a girl who is unconscious but clay doesn't trust the police or the law anymore so he thinks he and him alone can ride on a white horse because he's really disillusioned about this tape and i'm like well it's not your fault i mean you can google a picture of heroin but you can't say you cannot google how getting a, a confession from someone by going in their house under false pretenses might be illegal and inadmissible in court that's your fault bruh your fault you should have found a better way to do it took that beating for no damn reason strangely enough it's hannah's ghost that's like i don't think it's a good idea for you to i and uh, i was mistaken i thought clay already gave alex the tapes but no he still has been asking for them and he eventually goes onto his mom's computer i love that they're both sleuthing because she's like i'm looking at my son's records i'm looking at her her stuff record even though you need to put a password on that sis this is ppi or restricted confidential whatever the word is he should not be able to get into your fucking laptop period but he ends up sending the tapes and the ghost wonders if this is gonna make him alex spiral out once again because you know he did try to kill himself we do check in with alex who is having a meltdown after i think realizing exactly what happened at the pier today and why the skipping school but him screaming at his parents i don't (laughs) look y'all is never gonna get me on this why is it okay to scream at your parents because they're doing something you skip school the first week you were back at school damn right i have the right to be upset with you at this moment and chastise your behavior no you ain't about to just right and i get what the mom's trying to say every kid skips school that's true but every kid doesn't take a gun and put it in their mouth and kill try to kill themselves and i i feel as if the father was 
all the way and he became such a softer guy from the first time we met him because he's definitely blaming himself because it was his gun then we have Lainey stealing her son's phone records after side-eyeing the attorney who let Marcus lie stand because you know I was kind of like with, with the defense attorney like um it was the defense witness it's not my fault that he was gonna tell a lie I didn't call him up there <laughs> and let's be real y'all know y'all is not really that interested in the fucking truth interested in winning the case whether or not that's true or not that's not her job to prove I thought she was a little yeah when she brought over there like hey you don't have any kids at home okay that's fine but this is my job it's not my job to be counseling children Zach continues to play a weird game befriending Bryce one moment and being Alex's BFF the next It gets him the answers to the test, but also a dead rat in his gym bag, meaning that Monty don't trust him. And we saw that Monty was side-eyeing Alex in the cafeteria when he was sitting with Alex and he's like, oh, I just do it so he can tutor me. And he's making all these excuses like it's not a genuine friendship, which means he's playing double agent. I just don't know why he's playing double agent. Does he have something to do with these Polaroids? But then every time the Polaroids are put in Clay's locker, we keep running into this other kid that I don't know his name, but he seems super nice considering he's on the baseball team. So what does that have to say? I don't know. Other ins and outs of the episode. I don't think I have much more to say other than that. Maybe Mimi will flick my memory. So let's head over to the feedback. If you want to send feedback, you can send it via audio or written format to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. Let's hear what my boo has to say. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. Um, I am sending feedback for 13 Reasons Why, episodes uh, 3 and 4 of season 2. Okay, so let me just start by saying this. I know I didn't beat this dead horse over and over again, but I really really don't understand why we have to see hannah like i get her being in flashbacks because they're trying to to build on to the story that we got from last season but why does clay have to see her and why are we acting like that's not an issue at first i thought it was like supposed to be like a ghost supernatural type thing but it's clearly a hallucination because he's asking her questions that how like if it was a ghost she would know the answers to but since this is subconscious manifesting her he don't have the answers that bothers me and i'm really sick of her and like i wish they would have like some of the things we're learning i wish they would have said that from like last season because then maybe it wouldn't have made you despise hannah so much it like i disliked like i dislike her so much at this point i don't know if there's anything else that can make me like her because just the whole premise behind it like we're seeing that her parent well specifically her mother wasn't very 
wasn't the best mom, wasn't very attentive, might have said some things that were kind of hurtful. So she she did have low self-esteem, which we knew that. But now we're actually having proof for it. I just I wish they would have said that stuff at the beginning. I wish Hannah would have made a tape for her parents. I, I wish a lot of things. And seeing her now, it's just irritating because I'm sick of her. I am just sick of her and I don't want to look at her face anymore. So that's honestly um, where I'm at. And and I really don't know if it's the actress because when she was in um, Cursed, I started to hate her face too. But that story was trash. Um, and I tried to watch the last couple of episodes because, you know, Shy did and I still couldn't do it. And I, I think it's the actress. And I think I don't like... Um, Olivia Hannah's mom I think that's her name Olivia because the actress that plays Addison Montgomery is annoying and I swear to you when she was Addison on Grey's Anatomy and then in the spinoff uh private practice I didn't dislike her so maybe her facial expressions worked for that show but since she don't have any other acting chops that's all she got but her face annoys me and I'm sick of looking at her and Hannah, if I'm being 100% honest. Okay, so now that I got my rant out of the way, I'm going to try not to bring that up again or in every episode or every feedback I said, which I can't make promises because, ugh, they are getting on my nerve. <laughs> okay, so first thing I want to say is, can we talk about Clay? Now, I get it. When I first saw him in this season, he was still riding that damn back. I was like, isn't he 17? about the 18 with a girlfriend y'all can't let that man drive your car now i'm not saying buy him one but y'all can he every time he's we see y'all one of y'all is at the house y'all can't let that man use a car why he gotta have a bike he is not a freshman in high school he's gotta be a senior seriously it's dangerous out here in these streets y'all got that boy riding on the bike and he had already bust his face several times already maybe not or drop him off somewhere i i don't know get him a bus pass you know uber him something get him an uber account i don't know but why why is he 17 on still on the bike so i agree with him on that but when that little motherfucker said i need a fucking car and walked his raggedy ass in the house after talking about i can't have sex with my girlfriend okay that i can get i told you to be open and now you want to be petty if Derek said that i knew he would be i knew he would be being petty but I would roll with it. Okay, so we're open in communication. Let's let's go from there. But but the I need a fucking car. Uh, excuse me, sir. Who are you talking to? And if you want a car, you think that's how you gonna get it? And you ain't got not near job. Don't pay no bills. Who are you talking to? See, I promise you, if that sentence would have came out of my son's mouth, me and him would have been fighting like we are two strangers on the street. I would have punched him dead in his throat. Like, don't you ever in your life fix your mouth to talk to me like that again. You must have really gotten confused. So let me remind you who you ain't. Because, no, absolutely not. I swear sometimes my son will be joking around and say something uh, like smidgen out of pocket. And you can see the life drain out of his face because he know. Don't, don't come at me like that. I don't care how your friends talk to their parents. You don't talk to me like that. I, I am not the one. You will literally lose your life. You're going to wake up in, a, in an ambulance because I'm going to take you out. Don't don't play with me. Whew. Okay. The other thing I want to talk about was the whole uh, Jessica straightening her hair thing. I don't know what it is about hair that really is my trigger. 
But when when mixed kids have curly hair and one of their parents say something about some talking about some straighten your hair, it looks you look so beautiful like that. How dare you say that to your mixed child? And you're white with straight hair. Don't you think they already have a complex already looking different from their mother and they're a girl? And you're going to say you look the most beautiful with straight. She didn't say those exact words, but she was like, you always say I look so beautiful with straight hair. And I can see her mom trying to fix it, but you didn't already planted that in her head. So you probably told her that when she was little. And no matter what you say now, that's all she's going to think about. I really wish the white women would understand. Like if if you're going to have a child that's not 100% white, you need to understand that when the world looks at them, they do not see no biracial child. They see whatever that race is. If they're half Mexican, especially if they're dark, they look Mexican. If they're half black, they're black. If they're half Asian, they're Asian. People don't look at them and be like, oh, they mixed no no that's that's you and that's how you want i should say i shouldn't say people i should say white folks because they're the ones that are making all the rules one drop rule one drop of black and you black and jessica is darker skin for a mixed child so you really need to stop putting things like that in people's head if you're gonna have a child that's that's multiple races you need to do some research and learn talk to her freaking grandma her her dad's mom if you need to understand about black women and their hair, do some research. Don't have kids and just act like this is fine and, and they're not going to be growing up in a world where they look different from their mom because they are. And it's tragic. And I feel like a lot of mixed kids I knew when I was younger, because I grew up in a, a predominantly white area, used to hate themselves. And I couldn't understand why, because I used to always think they were pretty. Like, why do you think you're so ugly? And it's because... You know, if you have a white mom and you're a girl, you're looking at her. You don't look like her. You look like your dad, but your hair isn't like your grandma's, your dad's mom. So you you're not black enough to be black, but you're not white enough to be white. So you're in between and that shit could be messed up and fuck with your psyche. And I get it. You know, that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy I have a boy. I mean, he I know he knows he's biracial. I know he knows that the world looks at him as black because I make sure he knows that. But it's different for guys like he doesn't have to worry about how he looks as of right now as a nine-year-old if he was a little nine-year-old girl i promise he would know and that sucks but that's the reality so jessica mom need her ass whooped for that nonsense and i know this is the beginning i'm already eight minutes but that really bothered me those two little scenes with clay and jessica like irked me throughout the rest of that episode um the other thing was uh that was pretty messed up about Alex and Jessica I was always wondering how they got together and I guess it was that that best friend kiss that did it Alex and Jessica were like they were they did did a little oh yeah we're best friends kiss but you could see the moment it turned to something different and Hannah was just sitting there looking stupid like oh shoot that they not friends no more and I feel like had they been honest with her this whole situation would have turned out differently I could be wrong she is very dramatic about certain things but she did seem hurt and people that are hurt do do kind of weird stuff. So she might have not been that way had they been honest with her. And Jessica being she was the girl like a girl girl in a girl girl boy relationship. She should have known better than to, you know, kind of sh- pussyfoot around the truth. She should have just been straight up with Hannah or been the bigger person. And, and, and they could have talked to her themselves instead of sending Alex there to go get popcorn like trash um i really i'm confused on whether zach is really being friends with bryce 
because he doesn't like Alex or if he's trying I, I don't know that like the whole thing is weird like it seems like Alex knows he's friends with Bryce and he doesn't trust him but yet he still keeps hanging around him I don't know that relationship is weird and I'm confused um the other thing I want to talk about is Marcus because I gotta be honest with you he is not attractive enough to be acting the way that he acts I don't know if in his mind he think life is different or he's great or you know he's like fine as hell but he's not and he acting like he a fine dude and you not you're really not like I don't know why he feels like he needs to suck out of um Bryce's asshole and jiggle his balls but he is really clowning I I gotta I gotta tell you I seeing his father how religious he is like how is he okay with his behavior when you have a spirit I always tell people that I don't like religion for a specific reason and I can I'm about to tell you right now I'm about to spit this knowledge to you Christina because this is exactly what I'm talking about I remember when I was younger now my mom remarried my stepfather my sister's dad when I was five so my mom has been married three times. This is her third husband. My dad was her first husband. So we went one summer to go live with our dad for the summer. And then we come back for school. And this heifer is married. And she has a baby um, on the way. My little sister. So my mom liked to work fast. I don't know if y'all know that or not. Actually, I'm lying because it was the summer. And then we ended up staying with my dad for almost a year. And then it was almost the next summer when we came back. So I don't, she was, I'm pretty sure I had a sister. She wasn't pregnant anymore. My little sister was like a newborn when she came to get us. So <sighs> trying to make sure I got all my mind right before I start rambling. Cause I, I need to start reeling things in and I know that. But the reason I tell you this story is because because of my age and because of my mom, the way she is, she was not a very person that she wasn't a person that disciplined. That wasn't her. That was my stepfather's job. Um, so he like beat it into us literally that religion was so important and we would have to go to church and we watch him like back and forth. The Holy Ghost being such like, you know, oh, he's such a great he's sanctified. He's such a good Christian or whatever. But then when we get home, he was an absolute monster. I We watched him beat my mom. He beat us. He used to manipulate us like I'm not we weren't sexually abused or anything like that, but definitely physically abused. And we watched him treat his kids different than us. It was me and my two sisters were my dad's children. And then because my dad and him didn't get along so he took it out on us so to me i would go to church and i know this man and i'm looking at him you know being i don't remember the roles of he wasn't a pastor he was one of those like helper people or whatever um that used to you know every every now and then get up and do a sermon i don't know what the hell you call him but i see you i know you you're a hypocrite you're getting up there acting like you're such a great man and you're a piece of shit so that is why I don't like religion because of people like Marcus and you're sitting here acting like you're such such a great Christian man and such a, a wonderful son and you're trash and you know you're trash and you're choosing to be trash. It's not that you don't understand. You're literally making that choice and I hate people like that. Hypocrisy at its finest. I cannot stand it and this is one of the reasons why religion to me is a joke. Because 
you act like if you pay your your 10 percent and you go to church every sunday and and every i think it's every saturday or something like that you go to sunday school you just automatically saved and you're going to heaven you're still a terrible human being and that to me should matter more than whether you took your raggedy ass to church so that is one of the reasons why i'm not very big on religious and it's whenever i see someone that's really super super religious i don't i automatically don't trust them and i know that's not okay but that's just where my mind goes it's always the religious ones the super religious ones the ones that like to push their religion on you or they got the nickname you know preacher son because they always talk about the bible trash most of the preachers kids that i know were wilding out all of the time all of the time all of the time they were the ones doing the headstand at the at the keg because they are trash and they were just literally but they would be at church that next day sunday though hungover or not they gonna be there but they were trash so yeah that's marcus um but we might as well let's go segue into episode four because this is when i tell you i screamed i literally i was watching this at like really early in the morning I don't know, it was maybe like 2, 3 in the morning. And when Marcus said Hannah had tried to hook it, asked him to hook her up with Bryce, I screamed. I was like, I know. Like, I thought he was going to get up on that stand and like bend the truth, manipulate things, or kind of not say 100% of what really happened. But like, not lie. He straight up lied. Straight up lied. How did he knows that those tapes are real? He knows because he know what he did. He know that Bryce raped Hannah. He know that Bryce raped Jessica. He know. And he sat up there and lied. I really wish Tyler would have fucking shot him. I, I don't care how that sounds. He deserves a bullet for that nonsense. And he think because he getting into press, pre, uh, what is it, Harvard, that he's such a great person. I hope, I hope when the truth come out, his ass get rescinded and he end up at a community college. Because that's how much trash he is. How dare you, sir? how dare you <sighs> the other thing um J- just being a crackhead i know they called him heroin whatever that's not a surprise he was already alcoholic alcohol dependent when we saw him in season one and i think the reason that he slowed down on her drinking was because he saw jessica spiraling out of control with alcohol so he stopped drinking to take care of her but as soon as he didn't have his crutch jessica there was nothing holding him back from all kinds of shenanigans and him being on heroin does not surprise me the fact that he ended up in a group home and chose to be on the street than to go back to that like he picked that skater boy to go back on the street that lets me know he was a crackhead because those group homes especially those shelters they always let kids like you will get a seat over an adult but there's curfews there's rules and if you can't abide by them they're not gonna let you stay so he he picked drugs over a place to stay and that's that to me checks out it seems right up his alley um i hate though that uh clay is not telling him the truth because this cannot go well like him acting like jessica wants him you didn't tell her i was a crackhead no i told you had the flu motherfucker you should know that's a lie she she hated you why would she all of a sudden want you and clay me his ass whooped for the lies um i also i mean do we know why tony is on probation i feel like was he on probation in season one i don't know but i'm curious to know what he did um 
oh can we talk about sherry because you know that's my g i love her and she got five months i'm assuming in juvie i i was thinking like you i i was really under the impression like what you said that she wasn't gonna get in trouble at all maybe a ticket of fine but they sent her ass up the creek that's real fucked up five months and now she um <laughs> acting like a mafia queen that's hilarious um what else <sighs> let me see what else i got up in here oh can we rewind and go back to the scene where clay walked into that like area where they found justin it was like it looked like an abandoned building and he was like people actually live here dude what are you looking at open your eyes and look you see you see people they're in this building with tents they're living there like he is clearly sheltered and i'm gonna need his his, his parents to do better because he's a hot mess and what what did tony say last like it's episode three um don't go into your clay hole <laughs> he really do be doing that when he was like am i racist i'm not racist am i <laughs> he really people live here dude you're looking at it so you, you got your answer right there get it together huh the last thing i want to bring up is about alex um in the season the episode one and two that you did you said i can't remember your exact words christina but you were talking about how um emotional or something he was and i just want to point out because i'm not sure if you know this but people that have traumatic brain injuries having unstable emotions is is very common and it's um like emotional outbreaks sometimes tantrums it's a part of their disease process and it's it depends on where the trauma is but the fact that he's already a child he's not 100 percent developed mentally um he clearly had emotional trauma anyway because he committed suicide with a gun to his head like he shot himself so he was already uh mentally unstable as is so him being emotional like that is actually it checks out it's spot on because that's an issue um him not being able to control his emotions um him not being able to express himself him not um you know having like uh, i guess motor dysfunction that's that's all pretty common for people with traumatic brain injuries and his was as traumatic as it come like he blew a hole in his head the fact that he's not even dead or paralyzed like with just a limp that's a miracle in itself so yeah uh if if they continue to be the way like to to be on um canon with what a traumatic brain injury is he should stay like this until he even after he gets his memories back he might not ever be okay because that's just they're very unpredictable um but i just my question is for alex is like what does he think getting these tapes are going to accomplish it sounds like he knows jessica was raped he knows bryce did it he knows hannah was raped. it sounds like he knows all of the big things so i don't understand what he thinks hearing the tapes are going to do um i also would like to know the fact that clay got those tapes and copied it from his mom's laptop i feel like that's going to be an issue and i'm mad he did that uh i don't i can't remember where it oh he gave the tapes to um the counselor so yeah that's probably gonna be an issue too um and i want his mom to go to hell off because it's at this point it's what he deserves um but alex i just i can't understand i 
but I also don't read too much into things like this. So that's what you come in handy for, Christina. So just let me know what you feel like Alex is trying to accomplish with these tapes. Um, that's all I got so far. I'm pretty sure that's it. So I'm going to end it here. So until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That is my bae Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. She actually gave me a lot of insight, particularly around Alex's injury. That's what all them, 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 uh, them alphabets after her name. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Nurses coming with her bachelorette. So that is good to know that he has unstable moods and I can stop being like, dude, why did you just trash your whole entire room and your mom didn't come in there like it was a problem? Because <laughs> that was my first thought. Like, sir, what are you doing? And why is it no one knocking to see what is going on? Uh, Mark is not being attractive enough to be, yeah, I don't understand what his story is. I get, oh, I'm supposed to try to be in with the big boy. This is fucking high school. It don't matter that much in high school. I'm sorry. Even people like, come on now. He being real stupid. You going to Harvard and you doing this stupid shit. You deserve what you, you can't tell me the people all at, at Harvard, all frats. You choose to be part of the frat crowd because those are the ones with the richest assholes that can get shit like illegal tests and (laughs) drugs and the things that you need when you need it. So yeah, I'm so with you on Marcus. I hope he goes down. I hope he's punched in the throat. I hope his daddy finds out and the whole thing explodes and the whole his uh, Congress career is ruined also. I too am not a huge overly zealous religious person um i think i've spoken enough about the hypocrisy in the past so i can only agree with that uh good point about alex and jessica except i don't now recall what (laughs) you were saying oh about how they could have handled the situation with hannah because i was putting hannah's blame in there as well but you are right they could have just had a big girl conversation and sat down and said hey um i'm gonna be dating Alex I know we're all three best friends but at the same time I do feel if that was your best friend hurt feelings or not you're either going to be supportive of it or you're not I mean I guess like I said I don't know how much I always felt and I guess this is just my own personal feelings that when they first met Alex had a thing for Jessica in the beginning and Hannah had a thing for Alex and then their friendship instead of them having him choose between the two they decided both to befriend him but what was going to happen was eventually going to always happen to some certain extent and it was going to break up the friendship because it was built on something where one person was feeling away and the other person they both liked the same boy but they were trying to be respectful of it and then it, it got out of out of hand and at some point you become selfish so (laughs) um but yeah i guess your point is could they have just especially jessica sat down and had a talk with her yes i do believe that could have been something they could have done so good point on that also i'm glad you brought up about the hair because i completely forgot about that comment and i meant to touch on it myself as a daughter with a biracial or with a (laughs) right as a daughter as a mother who has a daughter that is biracial 
This is one of the conversations we first had and it was all about I want straight hair, I want straight hair, everybody has straight hair, it's the prettiest, it's straight hair. Do you think I let my daughter straighten her hair? No. You know what I told her? You have the most beautiful hair in the world. I'm envious of you. I wish I had your hair every day, every second, every moment until she knew her hair was beautiful and gorgeous and she had nothing, absolutely nothing to be ashamed of about her hair about anything about what she looks like she is beautiful and that was started at jump so no my daughter does not straighten her hair even now she rarely does it she loves her hair she loves her curls and that's because mommy made her <laughs> i mean it make her but you know what i mean that is something that has to unfortunately i do think that for all you're open as a a caucasian woman in particular you know it is easier if you're a black woman and having a half mixed child you're familiar right whereas white women aren't and unfortunately there is that the idea that they don't educate themselves and like you said talk to her grandmama <laughs> they're there right so yeah you do need to lean on because that is a huge thing when you have like you explained it perfectly that they're looking at their mother and they look different particularly if they're darker um i always laugh because i'm way darker than my daughter <laughs> and i'm like girl you better love that caramel skin but she's almost she's always like i want to look like you that's what kids do they always want to look like their mommies so being a different uh, color and a race than your mother is, is a, a, it's a you know she's gonna want to look more like her so yeah that unconscious type of biases that are let out that can cause damage it's uh unfortunately everyone's not perfect you know but it is something that we have to have conversations and dialogues about and when you can bring it up in fiction you should because then that might teach the one something that they maybe didn't think about. Um, Clay's, what did you say? What did I write down here? <laughs> I too am so done with Hannah and um and Mrs. Baker. Like they can kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. And like you said, the flashbacks make sense. Having her in the present as Clay's having a psychological break, and the fact that yeah. There needs to be a lot more going on with, with Clay. And I didn't even think about him possibly getting her in trouble. But she already recused herself from the case. But she should be in trouble. That damn laptop need a password. <laughs> he should not be able to get into that. Oh yeah, you talking about Clay's lies. Yep, he need to be smacked for that I, too. Because he's going to just toss Justin right in front of Jessica. And that's rude tony's dude though i forgot to bring this up now how old is fucking tony like 17 why is that 25 year old man talking about he was foolish foolish guy to uh dump you i'm sorry sir i know i had a thing for older men when i was young but that's because i had daddy issues and i was trying to find my daddy and my boyfriend i know this now all these years later wasn't okay <laughs> back then i would say oh i just like older men now i know the psychological <laughs> effects behind that so what is up um with tony and these older guys but mostly these older guys hitting on tony 
Like, what's up with that? Because you ain't going to tell me. he He's still in high school, Tony, that is. So that means he is still a minor. And that guy looks at least 28 to 30 years old. <laughs> uh, I think that is all I have to say. I think, D Mimi, you did, you did wonderful on that. You taught me something. As far as why is Alex want to... Uh, wants to listen to the tapes i think him just hearing firsthand what hannah has to say her account of things he can if he can't get the memories this is what the i believe the goal is right if he can't get his memories back at least the tapes could possibly trigger his memories or at least he knows the story that hannah has told on those tapes and he's the only one that can go because he wants to be he wants to be test or he wants to testify and the only reason why he's not is because people are saying he doesn't have the correct memories to testify. So he thinks these tapes are going to be able to get him in front of the jury to give enough information so that he can bring up Bryce raping Hannah. Once it's said in the courtroom, then they have no choice but to start pursuing it further. And that's the whole plan on their side. And because uh clay now is gung-ho for making this come out in the courtroom he is being a little sloppy letting alex in on this but alex is also not as you pointed out not in the right place either because he's got this hero worship love of jessica that he had months before he heard these tapes or any of the incident he's back into those emotions and maybe he always liked jessica but there's a lot of things that happen in between and he just needs to know what that is he needs to hear from hannah's firsthand account of what happened to jessica uh jessica's not telling him that story so i think it is beneficial in alex's mind to hear what hannah has to say what the accusations were that she threw out what is everyone's secret that no one has informed him that the only a few have informed what happened so if you want to join the feedback, once again, that's blackocouch.gmail.com. You can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes, leave a review, rate the podcast. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>